Welcome to the Youth School Podcast, where we believe inside of everybody there is a great story waiting to be discovered and lived. This is the show where we guide you on your journey in discovering what your story could be. It's your life. Don't let anybody else write it. Hey, everybody. Scott Schimmel here. Another episode of the Youth School Podcast. And we're in this theme this month called the experience of you. And the idea behind it is our own curiosity and fascination with how people experience life, especially people who've had experiences that are unique or unusual or maybe even elite. And today in the podcast this is actually the second time he's going to be on the show. And uh, for those of you listening, you're in for quite a treat. Uh, I want to introduce you to Drake Phages. Drake is full-time with the U School. He runs our uh, business line towards athletes, high school athletes, college athletes, pro, etc. We'll probably dig into that a little bit more. Uh, but first, just want to say welcome to the podcast, Drake. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Thank you. This is fun. Oh, I, I know it's... Hearing, I love hearing all the stories. Now I it's... get to be one. It's exciting times these days, Dodgers and the World Series. You and I, I think probably the only thing we have in common is being Dodgers fans. <laughs> That's close, yeah. <laughs> and we're both bad at golf sometimes. Whoa. Normally good, Don't but when you me. are bad, then we have stuff in common. Don't make me swear on this podcast, Rick. <laughs> your first warning. Um, the reason I wanted you to be on the show is because uh, I'm curious. I mean, I've heard a lot about I've heard your story in the past. I've heard you tell your story, but really in hindsight, I've really only heard kind of bullet points and gotten a, a kind of a vague picture of what you went through. But I think the reason I'm fascinated is because as far as I can tell, as you were growing up, as it related to sports and your peers, you were not only a good athlete, and I'm not sure what that was like, <laughs> but also you seem like you were just cool. And I didn't have that experience either. <laughs> so there's kind of two, and maybe you weren't. I mean, we'll find out. This is, that's where this story is going to be. So stay on the edge of your seat, folks, as you listen to this. Uh, but Drake, tell, you know, give it a little bit of a, the bullet points real quick about your, your background in sports. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dig in there as you, as you share. Yeah. Um, I think everybody's sports journey starts when they're young. So when I was, you know, 10, 11, 12, I fell in love with sports. And that was football, baseball, basketball, predominantly. I wasn't much of a track or a runner because uh, I was a big kid. So uh, <laughs> kind of cut out the soccers of the world, the endurance. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, in that, fall in love with sports. I was watching sports. I was playing sports. Uh, and then as you get older, obviously competition comes in and winning is a part of what you crave and what you pursue. Um, but I got the chance to play sports at a, a pretty high level in terms of like skill um, from playing quarterback uh, in high school uh, to, you know, being a, a star baseball player on my on my teams. and. Um, and when you do that, uh, life is good. Life yeah. is fun. Uh, <laughs> it's so funny. The experience of you 
if you get a chance to experience winning anything or mm-hmm. being good at anything or, you know, quote unquote good, mm-hmm. um, it's awesome. It's, mm-hmm. it's great to be you in those moments. Okay. Um, that's, and that's what I'm so curious about because I, I have, I have not experienced that, Drake. I've not been good at anything. I've never won anything. Uh, and uh, my sports career ended pretty way younger than I hoped. I think I would have loved to play forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, baseball, I certainly got into golf uh, and other sports, basketball, but I just, I just frankly wasn't good enough compared to my peers to even make those teams. And, uh, and that's, I think for me on the outside looking in, the, the curse of someone like me is loving sports, feeling athletic, feeling coordinated, but uh, you're talking about that 10, 11, 12 age is going into competition. That's when competition was weeding me out. Um, mm-hmm. Thankfully, I mean, this would be another episode someday to find someone that was just had a kind of a miserable experience through sports. I think that's interesting too. Yeah. Uh, but I had sort of the middle of the road, just neither, neither bad at all, nor really good at all. And, uh, and, and um, so you were the high school quarterback. Like that's literally a cliche. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For a stint I was, I don't want this to come off like I was, uh, you know, Tammy Taylor's favorite quarterback ever but yeah I played it for a while I I, you know I feel like there were times when I had that tag of the big man on campus at least that's what was going on in my head probably uh was not the reality no I think Um, I think you're wrong I think that that's probably true because anybody that's been through high school knows that that is a fact of high school if you're the quarterback or you quarterback one game I mean, you look at that person differently. You treat that person differently. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, you know, going off the point of like, what was that like being that person? It's, it's interesting because we talk all the time in youth school vernacular, there's always more to the story. And, and I think as you are succeeding and you are having these like really cool moments there's like a slew of time frame between these great moments that we hold up and put into like the lore of high school or the lore of college and the experience there. But yeah. I mean, I feel like in those times too, uh, succeeding in something, I was failing at other stuff, right? Like things that uh, relationally, uh, school, um, yeah. constantly being in trouble with my parents. Uh, for <laughs> for probably some of the the ego and the yeah. ideas that were instilled in me from being good at playing that sport, so there's so much more that goes into it. But from the 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 aspiring side or the the confidence that came from being um, good at sports yeah. uh, impacted me greatly. I mean, to be in front of people on a football field where there's hundreds of people watching you taking your helmet off on the sidelines, getting that feeling that like, man, people really care that I'm out here. That gives you the confidence to walk into a room and to tell a joke or to stand up and Mm. say something, whether it's right or wrong. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that that's a big problem with athletes is I'm going to say something, whether you like it or not, Mm. uh, I'm going to say it because I've earned the right, or I know what it's like to actually perform in front of somebody. Mm. Um, So it's uh it's interesting yeah it's um it's something I would never take back, but it's also something that I wish I had the chance to at the time to like kind of sit and diagnose mm. uh, and from like a educational standpoint of 
why we have the right to say things or do yeah. things or act certain ways or feel certain ways different than other people. Well, the, 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 I guess the imagination in my mind from Friday Night Lights and Varsity Blues and that sort of thing is, is you come off the game that you just won and there are girls that want to talk to you and then you go to some after party where guys are handing you drinks. <laughs> so did you have, can you think of a time where did you have moments like that? Uh, if you knew me in high school, uh, I, I came to my own towards my senior year in terms of like, uh, I guess the, the height happened and the mm-hmm. weight fell off a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's never like that. <laughs> uh, Friday Night Lights makes it look really cool. Uh, yeah. But I knew I had friends. I had a really great group of guy friends that I was friends with for a long time who also were athletic and were in that world with me. Did um, you guys go beat up nerds? No, we didn't. We didn't. Yeah. Um, really, the only people I've ever fought have been roommates. And uh, either those guys, or they, de- or they deserved it. So um, those are the only fights I've been in. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's not like that. I'm sure it is for people. I'm sure it is for people. Yeah, yeah. But in, in Texas, my maybe. Story, in my story, there were not ladies lined up to uh, <laughs> pass me a a course. That's Dang. for sure. Yeah, it's just I know. got boring. I know. I know. We could. I was really it. hoping for some good stories here. Yeah. What um, do you remember? What would go through your head? I was just reading an article this morning, and it was talking about young athletes. And the headline of this article said something about what goes on in in the the heads, the minds of young athletes is what we put there. So they reflect the voice that they hear from their parents and their coaches, but. Can you remember whether it's football, baseball, basketball? Um, did you have like a were you like Mamba mentality? Were you Kobe? I'm going to be the best no matter what. Were you um, were you insecure? Like, do you remember any of that? I think that changed throughout throughout the time of being an athlete. I mean, I'll talk specifically baseball just because that's the one thing that I can say. Like, yeah, I was pretty decent at that. Um, but it started out. I remember. I remember Little League. I remember starting to play travel ball and not knowing the rules because the rules kind of shift as you get older with Mm -hmm. people leading off and whatnot. I remember parents uh, and pressure from parents and pressure from coaches Mm -hmm. as I stood in the box, right? And when they strike out, of course people cry like now. You see them cry all the time because it's either you do this or you don't. Mm -hmm. And that's a really hard thing to overcome. Uh, when you are that age. So I think what was going on in my mind was like, do what you know you can do. Or, you know, my dad was always supportive and like Mm -hmm. kind first when Mm -hmm. it was like, hey, son, do your best, right? Uh, Put your best foot forward. But if it doesn't work out, like try again. So I had that in my mind. um, And that thought of do what you know you can do, do what you practice. When you don't do it, you fail right and so it's like okay how do i deal with that do i put my you know my face in my in my batting gloves or i stand and i miss the ball out mm. in the, out in the field do i put my hand over my face because i yeah. don't want anybody to see my disappointment uh or to feel like the crushing of like not succeeding yeah but then as i got older and started to learn from what it was like to actually fail 
in cahoots with actually succeeding too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a big part in like, if you're constantly failing and constantly hearing that voice in your head of like, you're not doing what you practice or mm-hmm. why can't you just do it this way? I mean, we've talked often about your son yeah. as he's getting into this age where it's like, Hey, there's actually like, there needs to be a turn of, yep. um, of the actual physical and the ability, mm-hmm. but a lot of it is like, Hey, just take a step back and understand what's taking place on mm-hmm. the field around you. Um, but you get into this mindset as you grow in that sport in cahoots with the fails and successes yeah. of I, I got this. Yeah. And I vividly remember, I vividly remember. And one time I actually verbally said it, and I'm not super proud of it, but it was a little scuffle was like, you just woke up a giant. Like I'm <laughs> going, I'm going to win this. Huh. Um, and then doing so huh. where there is that Mamba mentality idea that does take place uh, of there's hmm. no shot in heck that I am not going to do this right now. Yeah. Uh, and that's a really great space to be in. If I could live life that way, if I could do my marriage that way, uh, if I can like walk into the kitchen ready to do dinner that way, yeah. uh, <laughs> my life would be awesome. In the zone, um, in the flow. Totally in the flow. Yeah. Well, let's talk about baseball some more because really people don't care about baseball until the world series. Okay. And certainly in high school and college, it's not, it's not a well attended sport. And people say it's a game of failure. Like, you know, hall of fame players fail two out of three times. And yet they're still the best that I've ever played. What did you experience in terms of failure from that sport, from playing baseball? What, it, what was that like for you? Cause you're, you are failing every game. Mm-hmm. I'm imagine that she went five for five, which I'm sure you did. Oh man. What it, the areas of failure, man, I could probably talk about this a whole podcast on different instances where I failed. I think the, one of the things that steps out in my mind is there was this period I transferred schools, um, my sophomore to junior year and, uh, how I transferred, I had to take off, uh, X amount of weeks in order to play. Okay. Uh, there's a, a clause in the kind of the rule book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to sit out. So I sat out a year, uh, wow. in between my sophomore and my junior year. And I worked, I worked from home and I stayed at home. I took a couple of junior college classes. Huh. Uh, that was a huge shift from being a guy on a team playing, competing and taking a step completely out of that. Um, taking some time off and just working out and hitting on my own and doing mm-hmm. these types of things. Um, and I got back to school and had all this expectation. Mm-hmm. And in baseball, how it works is you have your, um, you have your fall. And that mm-hmm. is that first half of the year, uh, that first semester. And it's all practice. Mm-hmm. It's, it is a grind. It's all practice. It's early morning workouts. It's, um, it's playing the same guys, your teammates and inner mm-hmm. squads getting the chance to play about six, maybe six games against uh, other junior college teams or other schools okay. uh, as like scrimmages. And I kid you not, I had all the expectation from coaches, from players, from myself coming off of some really great seasons. Um, and I went that entire fall. That's probably 150, 200 at bats. I probably got eight hits maybe. Whoa. And I was 
in the dumps. Yeah. Uh, and, and that, that bled into my schoolwork that bled into, uh, for relationships. It was like all consuming because it was like, I couldn't do what I wanted to do. And it went back to that like pressure filled, uh, every time I stepped into the box, it was like the last time I'll ever be. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I got to the point where it was the last practice before our first game uh, in January, when we got back, we had a game like late January. Mm. And I was literally the last batter of all the inner squads. So it was almost like this huge sigh of relief for everybody. Like we get to actually play somebody tomorrow. This is going to be great. And I slowly went from being the three hitter, the guy on the team, the captain, mm. uh, well, which I was still the captain, but I went to like the dude who probably shouldn't be playing and everybody's looking at like, who is this guy? And uh, in a matter of weeks, months, mm. and it was the last at bat. And I remember being on deck going, can this just be the end of it? Can this just be the wow. chance to actually do something right? Wow. Um, honed in, focused, really was like <laughs> meditating on like, please, please, please just do what you're supposed to do. And I stepped into the box and I hit a home run. And <laughs> the first pitch, it was literally, yeah, it was like one of those natural moments where it was like kind of dusk uh, and the natural moments in meaning Robert Redford, a movie. Mm-hmm. Where, it's the ball and it hits the light post and it explodes and it's like game over. Mm-hmm. This is like no fans. Uh, <laughs> some guys in shorts, some guys in pants. Mm-hmm. Uh, I step up there and I hit a home run and, and it was almost like, all right, that's it. Guys, we get to play tomorrow. Great ending to the fall. Right. Wow. And it was like, sweet. And that next game I had that, man, I could do this. And that next game was the start of my, greatest season I ever played hmm. and uh the, the next game I ended up hitting way down in the lineup it wasn't like it was this all of a sudden let's yeah. turn you into that guy that you're supposed to be yeah uh, I was hitting at the end of the lineup and went you know uh two or three for four with two home runs and a double and Jeez. over the course of just building that confidence from the failures of that grind it just started to click and hmm. got into that mindset of, man, uh, I'm not going to not do this anymore. You know, wow. I'm going to continue grinding with that. So that obviously was a high season. Mm-hmm. Were there other high moments in your career that stick out? Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, there's a lot of great stuff. I think some high moments would be uh, when you hit big home runs um, or when they bring in pitchers to face you. Uh, specifically, um, one of the funnest stories and, uh, (laughs) and it's so awkward talking about it because this, you know, this was a piece of me. It's not all of me, but you know, I'm gushing right now. This is amazing. Mm -hmm. I get to talk about this, Uh Um, but my good friend played against me. He's my good friend. Now we were kind of cordially friends, Mm -hmm. uh, as like enemies, uh, in conference. Um, and he sent me a text message uh, the day before we were playing them. Uh And it was a picture of my face printed out. Uh, (laughs) He was a pitcher, uh, an opposing team. It was my face printed out. And it said, um, 
uh, public enemy number one. <laughs> and it was my face. And he sent me a picture and he was like, dude, what did you do? Like, huh. What is happening? Why are we having a pitchers only meeting to talk about you specifically? <laughs> uh, I felt really cool. Wow. Um, I ended up probably striking out a bunch, but it was uh, so the, the, the meeting worked. Um, yeah. But it's these moments where you're like, uh, look back and say, like, man, that was pretty fun. That's pretty surreal. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, getting, getting awards, being able to have your name etched in some uh, record books at schools that you played at. Mm. Um, there's a trophy case at our college that has this really cool gold glove in it. Mm. Um, that. And I get, to, then I get to walk by, you know, once every three years when I go back and say, mm-hmm. hey, cool, look at that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, something like that. But yeah. It's you fun. hit, uh, I remember you, you hit 21 home runs in 20 games when you were 12. Yeah. When I was 12, I was a beast, man. I just, <laughs> If I, if I could, uh, if I could crush, um, if I could crush work, like I crushed balls when I was 12. I would uh, love that. Yeah. You would love that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I never, I never had a home run. The closest I got was hitting a ball that bounced and went over the fence, ground or double. And I still look back. I had that one little taste could have gone three more feet and it would have been a home run. And that, so I uh, never scored a goal in soccer. I always played a defense, never hit a home run. So I know that's normal for you, but I think that's not normal for most people, which is a big part of why I'm interested in picking your brain about this. Cause I just think, I think people are fascinated with success. I think yeah. people are fascinated with people that do well, especially sports, it gets elevated. But on the other side, you had some negative moments, not just the strikeouts, but um, talk a little bit about your career ending injury. Yeah. Yeah. So following that season, um, of course, you know, the goal of any, I think anybody who plays the sport of baseball is to make it uh, and get drafted into the MLB. And yeah. that was a big goal for me. That was uh, one of the things I always said was, man, I just want to make a paycheck having fun playing this sport. Uh, it doesn't matter what that paycheck was, um, but I wanted to do that. And I got put into the position where I could do that based on the success that I had. Um, in my junior season and it was five days before the draft and I am not like exaggerating these things mm-hmm. uh, it was five days before the draft I was playing out in Alaska in a summer ball league playing with a bunch of other guys who were projected to be drafted and whatnot um, and I had really uh, the teams that had been talking to me uh, the spots in the draft that were like estimated to be where I would go um, and so I was ready to go. I had, you know, the card for the agent and huh. the, the flight, I, like the dates all booked and stuff like that, where it was like, man, I'm going to go out and I'm going to go and I'm going to play professional baseball. I'm going to end my college career. I'll huh. finish my degree later. It was like that, like, don't care. Don't know. Mm-hmm. Don't care. I'm pursuing this. And I stepped into the box and I swung and I, bre- I broke my back in three areas. Huh. And it was one of those things where I think that the story of itself of being uh, on a baseball field and swinging and it happening that way um, has given me a good story to tell, but it was one of those things that could have happened to me getting out of the car. I almost feel like it could have been something that was like, if I were to lift a, 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 a dumbbell in a different way, yeah. um, it was one of those coincidence types of things. Um, but it then put me into the state of, 
of it being so close to the draft, it was like, okay, that dream is not ended. It's that dream has been delayed. Okay. It was, hey, you, it's not all of a sudden, hey, uh, I don't have um, the, the it, it, yeah, it doesn't, it's not like, hey, it's, it's ended, go move on. It was, hey, it's just going to be delayed. And that's how I approached it. So you weren't, so, you weren't devastated necessarily. You weren't mourning, the, like you didn't think you're done. No, it, it sucked for sure. And it was like, oh my gosh, like really? Like, I know that I've, I've already taken a year off in between transferring. So I'm already an older person mm-hmm. uh, in baseball terms to get drafted. Um, and so I thought all of a sudden, okay, it's going to be that much harder. Uh, but then it was like, hey, no, this dream hasn't died yet. Uh, you still have time. Uh, you still have a full season of eligibility left. Uh, hmm. you're going to do that. Hmm. And, uh, and so I approached rehab at that point, um, as if I was still going to do it. And so I went, uh, you know, six months of no twisting and these types of things and working out and doing these different types of stretches and, uh, really started to spend more hours on rehab than I did on relationships or on my schoolwork or anything. It was uh, my regiment, um, I did this really fun program, which I still stretch and do now, um, that you do an hour stretching in the morning before you work out. Then you do a 30 minute stretch after you work out or uh, practice, you do another 30 minute. And then for every activity you have lead up stretches. And then on that night, then you do another hour type of deal. You still and do that? I don't do all of that now. Uh, I'll do, I'll, I'll do a little that. bit of it. Yeah, I know. I know, but that's, it's crazy when I, uh, yeah, come back. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, whenever I work out now, I still have to do the stretches before, yeah. um, when we go golf and when we hang out, yeah. it's, uh, I'm stretching before I leave yeah. and do different things. You're because fragile. I, you know, I have to. Yeah. Now, now I'm a superior uh, athlete is what you're only, saying. Oh, well, I'm just saying, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I, but I did approach but I did approach uh that whole season mm-hmm. uh that next kind of chapter the next year of my life but, yeah focus dream to focus um, so then what happened did you yeah that turned into half of a season I got to play half okay. of my season uh my senior year um still the same rehab. level still doing great what was really interesting and uh and I'm super satisfied with that is that I played half the season. I had half the home runs. I had half hmm. the RBIs. Um, the caliber of play was still there, which was yeah. uh, really uh, hopeful for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it got to the end of the year where then the draft is coming and whatnot. Um, and I started drinking a little bit more to hide pain or to hmm. get through uh, evenings. Um, hmm there's always, you know, medications and things that you're mm-hmm. taking a little bit of substance abuse on that end to like get me through, uh, the next at bat or that next mm-hmm. game. Um, literally my, the lining of my stomach and liver were probably just like so mad at yeah. me, um, which is a big problem in baseball. It's a lot of mass uh, aches and pains cause it is such like a long, yeah. a long sport, mm-hmm. um, and an arduous grind. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so it got to the end of my senior year and, uh, the opportunity came up, Hey, you know, um, 
the MLB draft is coming up. What's it look like? And what I got back was you played half your season. We see you hobbling. Uh, mm. It's not looking good for you. Being hmm. older, being at a lower level, being, you know, NAIA Division II. Yeah. Um, kind of caliber um, of team I, school I went to. It's not looking hot. So your options are this. Um, there's independent ball that you can play or you could sign as a free agent hmm. and join with no money, the hard road ahead, um, wow. which a lot of people do. I mean, that's uh, kind of the Rich Hill story, you know, the yeah. Dodger guy we love mm-hmm. um, kind of went from the top back to the bottom and then went back to the top. Yeah. Uh, and he got to indie ball, which is like the bottom. <laughs> and, wow. uh, and so start there. Um, and so I had about two, three months to think about that. And I decided that I wanted to do that. I said, I think that, and I could compete at any level to this point, um, Hmm. based on my experience in summer and in college. Um, why can't I do it here? And why can't I just work my way up? Like I have that personality. I have the drive. I want to do that. Yeah. So I took a couple of weeks off of to like rest my body and my back did another stent of rehab for about another month and a half. And when I went back to about a week and a half before leaving to go to Pennsylvania to play for an independent ball team, I went to hit with my little brother who was a high school uh, baseball player at the time, him and his buddy. And, uh, and I stepped into the box and it was my eighth swing. It was the same exact thing that took place in Alaska where it was the crack, crack, crack of the bat. And then uh, sat in the dugout and realized at that point, um, yeah, I think I should probably finish my degree and, mm. uh, and, and move on. So that's wow. when the sudden shift happened. And my little brother still talks about it. Like we were talking about just the other day. Um, man, remember when we went and hit at Vista Marietta High School mm. uh, and I saw you in the dugout and you were bummed. And wow. I was like, yeah, I was. Yeah. Um, but that's when you realized. Yeah, that was that was that was the. Hey, you're you're gonna move on. Uh, wow. It's time to actually like realign your thinking here. Wow. And so I went home and I was like, "What do I do? Like, hmm. what what's the next step?" And the next step is always, you know, finish your degree. You've already you've already spent time and and resources here. Did you have plans in the back of your mind all that long, or were you just? So focused on making it. I mean, you always want to, you know, you don't go to school without having the plan, but I had one class left. I had a class that came up right before um, graduation date was approaching. They said, hey, you didn't complete this literature course. And so it was one of those things we were like, really? So I had this break between uh, semester because semester had already started uh, for the school year. I couldn't jump into a course then. So I had this break before I could finish my degree in that that three-unit literature course I needed in the winter. Uh, mm. So I did what any uh, – I was newly single because my relationships, things kind of imploded at that point uh, as I was pursuing other dreams and things that weren't aligned with, um, with my girlfriend at the time's future. And, um, and I booked a one-way ticket to Europe and <laughs> took off uh and uh left knowing that i was going to come back and figure out life in that process and uh so i spent 3 months 
um, a month and a half on my own, just traveling around. I went to 13 countries, um, lived on floors, <laughs> went, went to find myself, what my older brother teases me about. Um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, and the second half was joined by a really good friend um, who wasn't a great friend at the time, but turned into a, a really great friend. Um, and there realized I should be pursuing um, my passions, you know, that conversation. Mm, what yeah. is it that I want to be? What is it that I want to do? What can I do with my story that makes sense? Uh, and I came back thinking I got to get job interviews. I went into that classic, maybe I should meet with my career counselor uh, <laughs> and meet in that office. Plan and, B. And I, yeah, and do um, the resume workshop, the networking event. What can I do? Is there an internship, something that I could do? Um, and as I took this three, get this, man, it was kind of cool to end my college career this way. This three, uh, it was a, a three-week course, three units on uh, comic books. So it was, it was, uh, it was over a winter session at, on campus. That's absurd. Uh, and in that process, I showed up to probably half of the classes <laughs> Because I got interviews in San Diego with a, a medical device company distributor. Uh, and it was working with athletes that were injured. At least that's what I made up in my mind. Mm. Uh, and I thought, this is where I could go. This is where mm. I could be and be that's with people who are like me. Um, and, uh, and I took the first job that I got offered and mm. I'm in San Diego. So I finished class on Friday. I packed up my stuff and moved to San Diego on Saturday and I started working on Monday mm. um, for a startup medical distribution device company um, and, uh, and went for it and then realized over the course of three and a half, four years with that company that, man, have I been filling these holes, these ideas, these successes that I that I think are successes or the feelings that you're supposed to get when you are in the flow of mm -hmm. work. Um, they aren't equaling what athletics were to me and, uh, and had to kind of reverse engineer what I thought was a successful life mm. um, in doing so. And I think that's kind of the big topic in college sports and high school sports and now professional sports, because you see it with all these stories of mental health issues and things yeah. coming out. Yeah. Um, nobody knows how to have the conversation mm -hmm. and and oftentimes with mental health being so serious that it yep. is and so many people affected by it um a lot of people think it's a it's a big scary conversation um yeah. hey let's sit down and let's talk about depression um that is effective for sure and it's something that should be taking place on every campus every institute of sport anywhere mm -hmm. Um, but a lot of it is like, Hey, let's just actually have a conversation, not about your sport. Yeah. Like about you. Conversation about you. Yeah. Nice. Um, and it's, and it's not about, uh, what do you want to do after this or, uh, where do you want to be in 10 years? And those things are important. Those things will get discussed, but it's more of why do you hang out with those people mm. or what are you looking for in a friend or what do you get out of your sport? Mm -hmm. Right. Like, define success my success now like there is nothing that compares to when me and you sit down we get on the mm -hmm. phone after we go and have a really great meeting 
or we come out of a, a one-on-one session with a, with mm-hmm. an athlete or a military member, uh, we're not, I'm not walking out with explosions behind me. Like I did when I was walking into the dugout after I ripped the double mm-hmm. or two runs, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's not the definition of success for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, it's different. It's, it's thriving and mm-hmm. being comfortable in the space that I'm at now. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I think a lot of people need to process um, yeah. prior to moving out of sport, um, right. being able to discuss when is it and where is it that you feel most comfortable, right? Yeah. Is, it, is it sitting on the couch with your buddies playing video games with Hot Pockets? Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's not something to strive for like in your life goal, but what about that? Is it mm. because you're surrounded with people who actually understand the sadness that you had the week before hmm. or the joy that you got from that class or that test that you just passed yeah. or then you went up to that girl that you wanted to pursue or that person that you wanted to pursue and she turned you down, but they hmm. know that and you're still sitting there playing video games, having hot pockets. And you're <laughs> that. Like what is it about those situations? So it's just creating those conversation points for people uh, sooner than later uh, for sure. So now you're a dad, you've got yeah. a little baby boy, you named him after the Iron Horse baseball, Cal Ripken. Yeah. What yeah. do you intend to do differently? Thinking about the experience you've had in sport and your own identity discovery and formation, what, what are your thoughts on processing that for your son and helping him have a different experience? Or do you want him to have the same experience? Yeah, I mean, selfishly, I know how long um, travel ball weekends are. So yeah. I'm kind of like, maybe we should play basketball where it's yeah. in and out, uh, an hour long golf where I can join you yeah. um, and justify the green fees to my wife. Uh-huh. Um, but um, I, yeah, I named him, I named him Ripkin. And uh, well, we named him Ripkin. My wife had a sign off. So yeah, we named him, we named him Ripkin. Um, the, the grittiest, uh, the perseverance, mm-hmm. uh, the, the type of guy that he was, the guy who showed up um, day in and day out. That's what I want to put in front of my son. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I want to emulate and live as I pursue work, as mm-hmm. I pursue my wife, um, as we treat each other and the trials that we face mm-hmm. um, and will face. Um, it's, I want you, if you want to play sports, I want you to pursue it uh, by simply showing up and giving your best every single day, like your name says. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and do I want him to pursue sports? Man, I would be crazy if I said no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I would love it if my son embraced the sport world. Um, I would also love it if my son would embrace other areas just as uh, eagerly or passionately as he would sports. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there is a balance for sure on um, where you spend your time, where you spend your family's resources. I think those say something to your kids. Uh, although I've spent four months having a kid, um, <laughs> I do think that what we decide and it put in front of our kids, they're way smarter than we think. Yeah. Uh, and they pick up on so much stuff. 
So if we're going and we're spending hours on a soccer field, mm-hmm. traveling to different centering family mm-hmm. vacations around events. Signing your kids. Yeah, yeah. And, and that stuff is so important. And who am I to say that I won't do that? Yeah. Um, but it does say something to the person who's actually competing in those sports. Mm-hmm. And it also is saying something to the siblings. Right. Uh, what's important what's bad and it's and it's hey if kale's gonna thrive you Mm -hmm. know playing baseball playing soccer all this stuff that he's pursuing right Uh now um and grace picks that up and says well what if i'm not that good at that yeah what is it that she's hearing from that you know and and that's a huge piece and so i think it's um you want to be specific with your kids because they are individuals but it's also let's create some sort of balance and that's what i'm going to try and do with ripkin uh, and if he has siblings, um, to do the same with them. I was talking with a mom, yeah, for lunch yesterday, and she's uh, she has three daughters that have played high level sports, high school and college. And we're having this conversation about how how interesting it would be just to f- uh, film parents watching their kids' sports and just like without any commentary, without any context of what's happening in the field, just to like zoom in and listen in on the things that they say the things they say to each yeah. other and that's what i'm it's going to be interesting to watch you as your as your kid and kids get older and start playing sports just for me it's been this whole other layer of experience of my own journey towards um, being free from ego being free from lots of things and actually poking at a lot of things so my own insecurities my own fear of failure my own sense of identity my own sense of value uh, in, in the, the experience of being a dad or a coach or in, in youth sports, a lot of it then is it's the same stuff, but it's just, it's through your kid. It's how busy yeah. your kid is. It's how successful your kid is. It's, uh, it's, it's the clothing that you wear. It's the, it's, do you have the shoe polish on the back of your car for the weekend all-star tournament or not? Um, and I think, especially as we're working with schools and other sports programs, that's, there's a, there's a tremendous need there for people just to be guided to think about it and mm-hmm. think more clearly about what kind of experience they're having, what kind of experience they want to have, and what kind of experience they want to architect for their kids, design for their kids. Um, so that'd be a fun, that's going to be a fun conversation. And I, I hope you sign your yeah. son up for sports, at least by the time he's two. Um, <laughs> well, he's already, he's already doing tummy time. He's working on his head first slide. <laughs> nice. so, um, no, but it's, it's interesting too. Uh, so many parts of our culture, it's like, at this point, you do this, um, at, when you get to this point, then you're going to have conversations. Like if you look at education, right, it's, Hey, when you get to your junior year, you're going to start doing college applications. You have your SAT prep, you have all this stuff. Right. But then when you get to college and you're going to choose your major, you're going to do all this, uh, in sports, it's so cyclical for the person who is coming into their own in sports to the person who failed or succeeded. Uh, the person who then ends their sport, but then it's when you have kids and then you're entering them back in, it's constantly this balance of, of how approach to it, the ego that gets mm-hmm. involved. Um, I, my wife, for the best example, my wife never saw me play baseball. Hmm. And that is like a huge piece of who I am. Mm-hmm. But in our relationship and the relationship that like I really enjoy the version of myself that I'm really enjoying now mm-hmm. um, has not even weighed out what it'll look like when our son starts to play the sport again. 
yeah. when you start to get emotionally invested into something that this other person has no real, um, yeah, that doesn't care, but this tangible feeling of what it was like to right, be right. with you in that, uh, in your approach to it. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a thing that, um, really, um, we have to process no matter where we're at parent athlete, yep. Yep. former athlete. So, well, let me wrap up with the hot zone. Three quick questions and just your top of your head responses. Uh, first your prediction for the world series. Oh, Dodgers and six. Come on. <laughs> six. Okay. Um, second, if they're you currently can... down yeah. two, by the yeah. way. Yes. But. Yes. Uh, so Dodgers and six. Okay. You heard it here. I hope because I got a $50 bet with my nephew, my six-year-old nephew. I don't want to lose the money. Uh, if you could interview anybody in the sport world on the podcast, who would it be? Gosh, when you first said anybody, I was going to say Barack Obama. I just think that guy's really great. I think he's funny. <laughs> I think he's really funny. Let's not, hey, this is, let's not get political. I know, so we lost 80% of our fan base right there. <laughs> that didn't give my political side. I just think he's All a right. funny guy. Right. How about okay. Michelle? 40%. She's agnostic. Now. <laughs> and uh, yeah, okay. yeah, do, do you have a real one for in the athlete world? Um, I think Cal Ripken would be pretty awesome. That'd be cool. That'd be really cool. All right, last question. You have a daughter. You got to name her something sporty. What is it? Sport. <laughs> uh, i'd probably name her scout say that's your these are dog names no scout come on man to kill a mockingbird uh that's true i just know a dog named scout sorry yeah well jake uh, sorry my answer wasn't good enough no it's great it's your kid <laughs> no, i care uh thanks for being on the podcast i know i'll probably talk to you personally in 10 minutes but um make sure you're not a stranger on this show and we'll see about the We'll see about the response we get to this episode and uh, determine when that will be again. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Thanks for joining in and uh, enjoy the day. Bye. Thank you for tuning into the U School podcast. We want you to know about our brand new LifeScript course. Our flagship program that we offer is now available in a digital environment on our website. The course is designed to help anyone who is in a period of life transition to reflect on the big questions that matter the most. Questions like, who am I? What's my story? What do I believe in? What kind of person do I want to become? What's my mission in life? How can I best contribute? And who do I belong to? The digital course has been designed to be intuitive and deeply human. You will recruit your own team of life advisors to track with you the entire time you engage in self-reflection, giving you the feedback and support you need to write a great story for the next chapter. Just go to theuschool.com and if you sign up, use the promo code PODCAST10 to get $10 off the list price. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T and the number 10. Remember, you only get one life. Make sure your life reads like a great story.